Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast is sponsored by uh, the Khan family in uh, memory of Shmuel Eliyahu Ben David. Yeah? Okay. So there's a pasuk that uh, we read in this week's parasha. We read this week Pashat Naso. We've been uh, prepping for it for the last two weeks, right? Um, we read Pashat Naso is the longest parasha in the Torah. So there's a pasuk which seems to have a, a misplaced possessive in it. We see it comes up twice. It says, V'chol teruma, and every portion, the chol ben Israel, asher yakrivu lekohen lo yiyeh. So it says that all the teruma uh, of the portion of the, of the, of the Kodesh of Bnei Israel, that the Bnei Israel should bring, lekohen, to the kohen, lo yiyeh. Lo lamidvav. To him it should be. It's almost like we don't really need the law. La kohen yiyeh. To the kohen it should be. The next patsuk it says the same. The ish ekchav lo yihiyu. Ish asher yiten la kohen lo yiyeh. Again, we keep repeating this. Uh, to him it should be. So the question that we ask, if the, if the holies should be his, then why are they the Kohens. And if they are the Kohens, as the Torah tells us, then why are they his? Whose are they? Who's his? The Kohen or the person? So Rashi, he explains the verse with the Midrash. He says the person who gives the Kohen, and I thought it was uh, apropos, apropos for the Kohen, right? The person who gives to a Kohen, he's not going to lose. And whatever he gives shall ultimately be returned, that they will be his. So, whatever he gives, in the end, is going to be his. On the other hand, someone who wants to keep the holy, the Bikurim, because this is, I think, was really talking about bringing the Bikurim, they shall be his. The only properties left to him shall be the small percent that he he was supposed to give to the Kohen. That's what he's going to end up with. So these two diverse explanations seem in contradiction. Does what he gives to the Kohen remain his, or only what he keeps remains his? Which one is it? And how does the word his, law, play two different roles? One telling us of fortune, the other of adversity. So Rabbi Mordechai Kamenetsky tells the following story. He says, many years ago, my father, Rabbi Yamin Kamenetsky, told me a story. Before the turn of the century, Reb David, a talented worker, decided that he had had enough of the shtetl. There was no money to be made, and he decided he's going to travel to America. We're going to America. He was going to search for a small part of the, the, the Golda Medina, right? The streets paved with gold. Before he sets out, he tells his friend Yanko. And Yanko's a prominent businessman in town. He says, Yanko, I'm going to send you money from America that's going to be coming into me. God willing, I should be making a lot of money. After taking a small fee for your service, Yanko, I want you to deliver the money, the rest of the money, to my family. So Yanko asks him, David, how much money should I take and how much should I give your wife? So David tells him, I have my faith in you, Yanko. Use your discretion. After a few months, 
David's efforts begin to bear fruit. So he sends a respectable sum of money to Yankel's bank account in Kavno to be distributed to his wife and his family. Yankel, however, had different plans. He kept almost all the money, and he gave a little bit of it, he gave a little bit of cash to his wife and family. They, in turn, assumed falsely that David was not doing so well in America. He couldn't make ends meet. A short time later, David's wife receives a letter from her husband, assuring her that things are going very well. Soon he'll have enough money to bring them and the entire family, to bring her and the entire family to America. Meanwhile, he included, I'm sure that the money that I sent you and that you're receiving is allowing you to live in extreme comfort. And his wife is flabbergasted. She hardly received enough money to buy bread. So she runs to the Kovner Rav, Rav Isaac Elchanan Specter, and cries her heart out. She says, must be Yanko's cheating us. My husband is sending him a fortune, and he's giving us a pittance. Immediately, the rabbi summoned Yankel to his study. He says, Yankel, is it true? You were supposed to give the money you received to David's wife? And the man says, but I was allowed to take my share. And what were you supposed to give her, the rabbi said. David told me, give her whatever you want. So he continued with a big smile. I took 90% of the money and gave her what I wanted. I gave her 10%. <laughs> so immediately Rabbi Spector stood up and asked the man to repeat himself. Can you repeat exactly what did David tell you? He told me to give her exactly what I want. Good, said the rabbi, knowing fully what David's intention was. As the rabbi of Kavno, I command you to give her the 90% portion that you kept for yourself. But why, stammered the man, because that is exactly what you want. You want to give her exactly what you wanted, the 90%. The Torah tells us that a man whose holies are to him will remain his. There are many ways that Shamayim has to delineate what a man is going to receive. The words will belong to him could ring for plenty or they could ring for poverty. If a person's eyes are filled with greed, then only, the kid, only what he was going to give, only the Bikurim, that's the only thing he's going to end up with. Only the, 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 10%. the 10%. The tithing becomes his only want and Hashem assures him that that's what he's going to get. But if the person gives with generosity, then what he gives shall be in addition to what he already has. Because the Hashem interprets man's heart according to what it is. Good? Basically, he gave her what he didn't want. He gave her what he wanted. What he didn't want, he gave her. Exactly, exactly, exactly. A little more? Uh, okay. So now Rashi looks at these pesukim. Ish, ish, right? This whole thing about giving to the Kohen. And he asks a question. Why do we have the idea of giving to the Kohen immediately followed by the paragraph that deals with a sota, that deals with the, the woman who, uh, who isolated herself against her husband's wishes, and we bring her as a sota. So I saw Rabbi Fran, he quotes the Shem Atov, and he suggests that there's a connection between the two. The first is Rashiv, really. He says, Rashi says, 
He says, Imata, if you refuse to give the gifts to the Kohen, I'm going to make sure that you're going to need to come to the Kohen and bring your wife, the Sota, to the Kohen. The Shemen Atov, he brings another. He says, the reason a person holds back from giving the Kohen, what the Torah tells us belongs to the Kohen, is there is a psychology among many people that operates as follows. Hashem, you want me to give to the Bet HaMikdash? Okay. You want me to donate to the upkeep of the temple? I could live with that. But why do I need to give my hard-earned money to somebody else? That bothers people. To give to Hashem, it's one thing. But to give my hard-earned money to someone else, that he should profit off of me? It's too difficult. I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. He says there's a well-known phenomenon in the rabbinic world. Reuven goes out and he buys a roast for Yom Tov. The roast costs him 90 bucks. By accident, milk falls into the pot where his wife was cooking the roast. Reuben goes to the rabbi and asks the rabbi, what's the story the rabbi tells him? Tell me exactly what happened. The rabbi says, you know, Reuben, I'm really, really sorry, but the roast is trafe. You got to dump it. What happens? $90 down the drain. What's Reuben's reaction? So he says, Fafalin, right? Is that how you say it? Fafalin. <laughs> he yeah, yeah. he goes, okay, it is what it is. You know, kapara. He's not happy about it, but that's the law. He's committed to living by halakha. Now, Reuben gets into a civil dispute, a din Torah with Shimon. And the rabbi paskins that the same $90, Reuben should pay Shimon. Now Reuben is very, very upset. And so I don't understand. When I told you to throw out the, the roast that cost you $90, you didn't care. He goes, and now you're so upset that you have to give Shimon the $90? $90 is $90. Dean is Dean. But the difference is it bothers him because when the roast was treif, nobody benefited. Okay, I did what I'm supposed to do for Hashem. But now I have to take my $90 and give it to him? He says that's why the person is hesitant to give to the Kohen. How do we educate the person who withholds his matanot kehuna? He has a sota in his house. The Ramban in his Torah commentary says that the mitzvah of sota is unique among all the mitzvot of the Torah and that it involves a miracle. No other commandment assumes a supernatural event will take place upon carrying out the mitzvah. The mitzvah of sota contains such an assumption. The Ramban notes that the value of Shalom Bayit is so paramount that the Almighty intervenes. The first thing you see, Hashem lets His name be erased and then it's going to be a miracle. She drinks the water, either A happens or B happens. He says, in the case of the suspected adulteress, she ne- you need a miracle in order to unambiguously clarify the wife's status because the husband doesn't trust her. He told her not to go, she went. Hashem has to intercede for Shalom Bayit. He's willing to intercede. So he quotes Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, who writes, that when a man suspects his wife of infidelity, the man will not ever feel comfortable with her. Therefore, Hashem says, I need to intervene. If the wife is vindicated after drinking the drink of the sota, this is a divine assurance that she's innocent and the husband can have confidence to reestablish a faithful relationship with her. However, how do we get Hashem to intervene? The answer is that the husband has to go to the Kohen. All of a sudden, it's going to hit the husband. 
Why am I going to the Kohen to obtain divine clarification in this matter? It's because the Kohen represents the Yad of Hashem. When I give the matanot to the Kehuna, the matanot of the Kohen, the gifts to the Kohen, I'm not giving my money to someone else. It's not Reuben giving Shimon the 90 bucks. I'm giving it to someone who is literally an agent of the Almighty. This is why the punishment for withholding one's money from the Kohen is finding oneself with a suspected Sotana's house. He's, he will need to go to the Kohen so that it's going to hit him and he's going to understand the role the Kohen plays. The Kohen is a conduit. He's an agent of the Almighty. The husband of the Sotah, who is so hesitant to give his money to someone else, will finally realize that the money given to the Kohen is really being given to Boreh to Ribbono Shalalam. We should be zocher that we have our Kohen, and our Kohen blesses us, and we should always be blessed. Beshalom from the from the mouth of the Kohen from Hashem. Baruch Adonai Amen.